Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. I got an impression. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. Children, childhood, innocence, playtime. Other things that children do. I don't know. <laughs> Little tykes. Oh. Busy, did you know that I was a child model for JCPenney and a regional Cleveland department store when I was a when I was a wee one? I feel like that was something that I made up in a dream, but I'm really glad that I didn't. It is real. And it that is it's real. real. <laughs> Yeah. I, I was not a child model. Well, sort there was this one picture that this dad from my preschool took who was a photographer yeah. and he did yeah. take it around to be like, Look at what a good cool. photographer I am. So I, I guess I was a model too. <laughs> Just two child models kicking together on their podcast. And we grew up into people whose faces were made for radio, am I right? I'm just kidding. Um, we're mm-hmm, both beautiful. Mm-hmm. So we're journeying back to childhood or revisiting some of those feelings. So the first song I picked, it was it became um, very popular on the internet a couple months ago. Mm. It is by actual children. I believe they are in middle school. Um, if you have been on the internet recently, you might already know this song. It's called Racist Sexist Boy. And it was performed live recently at the uh, at a branch of the L.A. Library. And I just love it. I think it's so great. So Racist Sexist Boy by the Linda Lindas. Impressions. That is a good song. So uh, real for so many people. I also appreciate, like, it was just funny. So when they came out and it was, like, big on the internet, and then people reading the fucking comments, and there were these, like, middle-aged men who were like, this isn't punk. And I was like, this is why the song needs to exist, because you still exist. I can't believe, like, I mean, I I can believe that people would say that, but it's like, (laughs) if your reaction to this is like, it's not punk, um, you got to look in the mirror. Yes, it was just wild. I was like, wow. Uh And I think their point was like, oh, they're playing in a library. Like they're, they're wearing school uniforms. They're probably rich. Like those were the, the, the reasons why this couldn't be punk. Which mm-hmm. I think, though, I mean, I don't know. I was like, maybe it's just because they didn't like that these little uh, preteen girls were singing this. I mean, like, they're affecting the tone and the snarl yes. and the words of the bully. I don't know. I could see that, like, really bothering someone who's used to being the bully or used to ha- used to having the power. Yeah. Like, to suddenly feel threatened by, you know, a 13-year-old girl in a library. Yeah. Who's probably playing the guitar and yeah. like mastering those kind of intricate beats and time changes better than you? Yeah. Like, sure, you're gonna get a little bit on edge, maybe. Ugh. But it's just a God. great, a great example of speaking truth to power. Before we went into lockdown, a boy in my class came up to me and said that his dad told him to stay away from Chinese people. After I told him that I was Chinese, he backed away from me. Eloise and I wrote the song based on that experience. So this is about him and all the other racist, sexist boys in this world. There's no beating around the bush with the fact that that was a racist comment. 
I just think about the battles right now with critical race theory and how people like don't want it in schools because they don't want little white children to feel bad. I feel like there's so much, I mean, especially when you're dealing with children, like you don't want to call a a kid racist because then, you know, like in our society, even though there's so much Mm -hmm. racism, like being called a racist is like somehow the worst thing you could possibly do. I mean, I definitely was thinking that too. Like there's this assumption that like children can't handle like quote unquote real things like race or inequality. If you're already experiencing that, yeah. then like of course you can handle that. Like children do not live in some sort of like innocent little bubble where they're guarded from all of the realities of the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless they're like upper middle class white kids, maybe then that's true. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> to your point, I love how straightforward this song is. There's no like, ooh, well, I don't know if his intentions. Yeah. Like, he didn't really yep. mean. He just didn't like her. Yep. Like no. To this, to this girl, he's a racist, sexist boy. There is no subtlety. There is mm-hmm. no nuance. It is just that. It is a fact. Mm-hmm. And they are shouting him down until he feels like small and insignificant like he made them feel. I'm trying to imagine the comeback song that he would sing and oh, what God. genre it would be in. Like um ska. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Guys, like don't screamo horn players. Yes, maybe he tries to adopt kind of a Justin Timberlake uh, oh, persona yeah. and like yeah. you know, co-opting a lot of R&B and 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 is like talking about how sad he is that these girls were so mean to him. I bet it would be. Okay, where are we going next? So I'm going to continue with the actual legitimate children singing. This song is by this guy Foster Silvers. And his brother, his older brother actually wrote this song. And his older brother was only like 19 or 20 when he wrote this song too. And Foster Silvers was a uh, preteen or a young teen when he recorded. It's just a, it's kind of a surprising funky jam uh, that's definitely sung by a child. (laughs) Amazing. So it's called Misdemeanor by Foster Silvers. Um, so you already know I love bells. Oh and yeah, love them. This song really love them. Yeah, um, especially like the like that comes in so good. The fact that it's a child's voice is very present. It's so youthful sounding and so young and like buoyant that that really plays well with the bells. They become kind of toy like, but they're also very funky and very bouncy it's it's a very bouncy song yeah um i definitely got the vision of these kids kind of skipping through a playground or like Mm. riding their bikes through the middle of the street yes (laughs) yeah some like 70s striped shirts on like bell bottoms maybe like a jacket that has like a sheep a sheepskin collar for sure for sure images of the 70s a short sleeve turtleneck oh yeah Yeah. someone could definitely be wearing that (laughs) 
there's something so particular about like 70s childhood scenes that are just like ingrained in this memory that I've never actually experienced. I know. It's such a fun song though. And it definitely lives in that lineage of preteens singing about love and R&B. It's really common. Uh-huh. I was thinking about New Edition too. Hmm. That, like, cool it now. Oh, oh yeah. Watch out. That, yes. A bunch of babies singing about love on the playground too. Yeah. <laughs> It switches very quickly from like major to minor and back and mm, forth, yeah, um, yeah. which to me also mimics so much like when you're a preteen and you have crushes on people and oh, you're totally, like, yeah. oh my goodness, this person is the person I want to be with forever. And, mm-hmm. You know, like two days later, you're like, ugh, that person's so boring. We broke up. Right. I really love the comparison of your first love and like, you know, this person stealing your heart. The equivalent is the first time you get a ticket for illegal parking. That's one mm. of the lines. In there. I caught that. That's really funny. It's really cute because I was like, also like, you can't drive yet, young man. You are too young. I know. It was the seventies. Maybe they could. The next song is more of a memory of childhood. It's kind of just a speaking song. It's very narrative. You really kind of dive into this one particular person's memory of dancing and music, which I find great. Um, the artist is called Planning to Rock, and it's called the song is called Beulah Loves Dancing. I, I deeply resonated with the part of the narrative where she talks about Beulah you know, listening to the radio and taping things off of the radio and, like, mm. finding the obscure stuff in, you know, in this case in Manchester. I wasn't near Manchester, but, like, yeah. I would stay up late on Friday nights, I think, because there was, like, a cool alternative show on our local alternative radio station, but it was, cool. like, not the mainstream stuff. Like, it was, like, local yeah. bands and other things. And yeah. um, I would tape all of that because, like, you know, CDs were fucking expensive. You know, also this idea that like you, you, there's only like that moment in time that you can capture it. So you're like, I gotta, I gotta listen. Cause I gotta see like, maybe they're going to play yeah. something new. And then yeah. you take it. And then you like on road trips or whatever, I would like listen to these tapes mm. ad nauseum. She loved house music and listening to stations in Manchester would make her own house mixtapes from the radio and would listen to them obsessively when she could make her own cassettes and play them over and over and she would dance i wrote bouncy the word bouncy three times yeah. in a row without realizing yeah. <laughs> also jumping on the bed but like it'd be such a fun like pillow fight song yes. where like maybe a down pillow rips open a little bit and then all of a sudden there's feathers everywhere yeah. i don't know there's also that one line when the mother was like yes. don't you dare like stop viola from dancing yes um which i found just so sweet i love the freedom in this song because like mm-hmm. I used to love singing and dancing I mean I still do yeah. but like at some point somebody shames you for it 
either you're singing too loudly, you're not singing on key, your dancing is silly, like whatever. There's so many people trying to stop you from doing these things. And so I think that's also why uh, Beulah's mom being like, "Uh uh-uh, don't you dare stop her from dancing, like is is so powerful too because – she knows the shame of it. it. Sounds like she knows that you can easily squash somebody's oh totally life, like little light life, life of light, mm-hmm. light of life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, by a single word. Like Janet, I gotta go up and say something. And my mum would look at him, and she'd be like, "Don't you say a word." So this next song that I want to play is by Mitski. I do love Mitski. I really like it because it's just really interesting when, as an adult, you realize how childlike your feelings are and how you've Mm. kind of carried the same patterns, in this case particularly, around uh, love and crushes. So anyways, First Love, Late Spring by Mitski. Crushes. There's an intensity of feelings, especially crushes when you're a child. Like it feels like they're all or nothing. Yes. And I kind of extend that into like college crushes as well. Like they feel it's like the end of the world. Like if this person doesn't like marry you and live with you forever, like you're going to just fucking die. Um, And that's how it feels to be in love when you're a kid. And the song really gets at that. But the song is so beautiful because like, I don't know about you, but I still feel that way as an adult sometimes. Like, I, I kind of recognize it now. Yes. I think that's the difference. That's the you recognize thing. it. <laughs> um, but you do end up kind of just feeling like this tall, awkward child yes. who's like hopelessly in love with something. Yes. And I don't know. That's why this song is so beautiful to me. It's just so wistful. It's so melancholy. Like, there's that beautiful, like, really slight twang in her voice when she says, like, I'm a wild woman. I don't get the blues, but... Yeah, lately I've been crying like a tall child. (laughs) That's it. It's such a good line. I mean, this song, like, you could take it straightforward, and this is a completely earnest and sincere song about being in love. Um, But there's also a lot of kind of humor in calling yourself a tall child. Yes. That's really funny. Yes. Like, Mitski knows what she's doing. phrases I'm gonna say I came up with it I'm sure many people throughout time have said it teenage feelings the song is has all sorts of teenage feelings there's like lines like one word from you when I would jump off of this ledge I'm on and this idea that if this person is not with you like oh my god how can you even exist like kind of a a codependency in terms of romantic Mm. love is certainly emphasized in our culture and so it's also not like shocking that a teenager I mean in this case Mitski's not a teenager but like these feelings that a teenager might have of like oh my god if she doesn't love me I'm gonna kill myself like um (laughs) that like that's also reinforced by like 
a lot of media by like oh, rom-coms, yeah. uh, like rom-coms wow. and other things. Um, and then also like Romeo and Juliet. Like that's oh, yeah. a thing that you kind read also story. as a uh-huh. fucking 14 year old. And you're like, yeah, yeah man, love. <laughs> like, I know. It's all or nothing. <laughs> it's not, it's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. You, you should really wait till college to, to really read that. <laughs> like I'm not one to be like, oh, you can't show that you're too young yeah. for it. Like directly contradicting how I open this segment. But like. I think Romeo and Juliet is a little bit dangerous. I know. I was like, can we start with Macbeth? Like, go there and yeah, then make there. your way. Like, deal with all the death and all the people killing uh-huh. each other and then get to Romeo and Juliet that actually, or, yeah, that actually talks about love. God. Or yeah, like. Because they're like 14 too, right? Yes, like, they're. They're yeah. the age. I know. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's a bad model. <laughs> I really love the lyric. I was so young when I behaved 25, and now Mm -hmm. I feel I've grown Mm -hmm. into a tall child. I just like this play in time that she does of like, you know, when you're younger, you're always trying to act older, right? You're like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe Mm -hmm. she's like Mm -hmm. 14 and she's acting 25. And then, but you realize that actually, no, you're just a tall child. Like you just have Mm -hmm. the same feelings that the tall child has mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like you get to actually be 25 and you think back to when you were acting 25, but not 25. And you're like, Nope, totally. I'm just still the same person. I've just gotten a little taller. I often end on like a dark yet hopeful note. Mm. I, that's becoming a pattern. Listeners, I'm sorry. Um, but ultimately, I'm thinking about like children now will inherit pretty fucked up world. Mm. And this song gets at that feeling. There is like a hope and defiance. And I think there's sort of a sense, like a common sense that like we've all, we all have inherited the features of wherever, whatever era we were born mm-hmm. into. So this song is called Bloody Future by an artist named Kilo Kish. So you've picked a lot of British things. Okay, you've picked two British things today. Do you sometimes envision yourself as a British schoolboy? I think probably, yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, (laughs) I definitely envision myself as, like, a flouncy little Victorian, slightly ill child. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, so Kilo Kish, she is not British. However, she's adopting a very British sounding phrase. Oh, Jesus. Bloody future. What a... No, I thought she was British too. I had to look it up. She's American. <laughs> but still, I mean, maybe she envisions herself as also a flouncy British child as well. That's true. Yeah. I feel yeah. like this song is definitely apocalyptic. Um, it also felt very much like a horror movie oh totally yeah especially like the little spidery synths that Mm -hmm. come in i feel like if it were in a horror movie it would be some sort of technophobic horror movie about how like social media or artificial intelligence is like making people kill each other something like that and at the end when that beat comes in that um 
I really imagine that as like a <laughs> in a gratuitously violent scene of like kids killing uh, people because like media uh-huh. has somehow made them do uh-huh. that. I do find a little bit of maybe it's on hope. Maybe it's just like, I don't know, determined survival mm. in kind of like the vocalizing like la 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 parts where they're all sort of chanting together. Okay. Like. A community of people or just like a group of children sort of marching forward. Mm, Just going along with your idea, there's this really nice idea that like the children have always been fighting back somehow. Like this idea if if they are marching towards the future in defiance of whatever uh, terrible things are around them. Like they've been there since the 80s. They've been there since the 90s. They were even there in the O's. In addition to how electronic everything is in this song, some of the language as well, like she does specifically mention .com. So there Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. a real association of the song with the internet age somehow. But also because she's adopting that accent, I was like, maybe it's not a bloody future. Maybe it's a bloody future. It's a bloody future. It's not not actually bloody. It's more like it's a fucking future. You know what I mean? It's a fucking future. Yeah. Yeah. last song I want to play is about that desire to hold on to um, aspects of your childhood, the good Mm -hmm. things or the relationships that you had, even the relationships that surrounded you. So the song is about, yeah, just trying to hold on to the positive things that you experienced as a child and taking them into the future. So the song is called Never Change by Orbong Jayar. I sense just like this real collapsing of time in the song. Mm. So you have the singer who has this like beautiful, breathy kind of voice singing to, I assume, his younger self. But he's basically offering advice to a child. But then in around two minutes, you get a second voice, which sounds slightly older, a little more strained. Yeah. And... Like that to me is like his future older self kind of singing back to his present and younger self. So there's this beautiful like past, present, future thing going on. Mm. And like the older voice is angry, Mm -hmm. but protective. Mm -hmm. The present voice is very nurturing and reflective. Um, And then you don't have the younger voice, but it's just like, and it's all situated in this beautiful, like echoey, immersive soundscape I feel like the song is a lot about um, finding joy in spite of Mm -hmm. really deep sorrows. Like at that point you're talking about after two minutes when Mm -hmm. that older voice comes in, something about open caskets, Mm. these motherfuckers took away my innocence. Like there's so much pain in that and you can hear it coming through in his voice and, and mm-hmm. the lyrics as well. And prior to that, it's almost like like you know, like what you're you're saying about um him talking to a child or perhaps his younger self. There's one line that really stood out to me was, um, I hope we never lose our smiles. Like again, this yeah. idea of like 
what can you hold on to even even as you get older and you see kind of how terrible the world is and maybe it is, you know, personally affecting you as well. But mm-hmm. Like, what are the mm-hmm. things you can hold on to? And it, it has this upbeat uh, beginning. Um, and it to me, it really felt like a sunny, all-day intergenerational party where, like, mm-hmm. everybody is, like, together eating and laughing um, and dancing yeah, there's just some lines that, and so like the sunny all day party, it's like, that's, those are the feelings and those are the experiences that he wants to stay, even mm-hmm. in spite of um, all of this other stuff uh, coming out. another line that comes up before the transition into that like sort of overt sad part or like the part that recognizes that the world is actually kind of terrible um Uh there's a line that says every day breaks my heart and Mm. I think about like what what is the what is the heartbreaking is it that you can't return to childhood. You cannot return yeah. to that time of innocence. Or is it yeah. kind of like each day you see something that ends up breaking your heart more and more? If if there is like this little shield of like innocence and love around your heart, like pieces of that keep getting taken away every day. Mm-hmm. Again, I really think it's that that holding on to the beautiful moments, even when a lot of other stuff is really terrible. My sky just gray, my these motherfuckers took away my innocence. I won't let them do the same to you. Stay visit childhood memories, feelings, etc., to see where where your patterns repeat themselves. Thanks, therapy. You're very good at getting me to recognize those kinds of things. (laughs) She really is. If you want to tell us about your childhood, you sure can at impressionspodcast.com. Please contact us and let us know what your childhood was like and if you have a song that you want to share about childhood. Or anything, honestly. Anything. Remember, like, rate, and review. Those were our impressions. Ah.